This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hi, this is Debbie Wysocki, one of Southeast Florida's top luxury realtors with Florida Luxury Homes Group, which is part of Keller Williams Realty Professionals East Fort Lauderdale. And I am here to host the Luxury Living Podcast. And our guest today is Bob Wills from Supreme Lending. Hi, Bob. Hello. And the goal of the podcast is to share with you all sorts of goods and services that would appeal to a discerning new buyer into the Southeast market. And so Bob has lots to share with us. Bob and I have uh, known each other about four years now. And Bob, I would love it before we get started in the meat of the interview, if you could share maybe your favorite place to go for fun in Southeast Florida and your favorite restaurant. Oh, well, that's interesting. Got to put a little thought to that, Debbie. What exactly? Where, <laughs> where do I like to go? I, my position, I travel around, around a lot throughout Palm Beach and Broward County. Um, but what most people might not know is my favorite place to go is the ice rink. I actually still play adult hockey. I was um, not well, but I play. You. Yeah. I, because my husband used to play hockey until he broke his leg. <laughs> oh, ooh, okay. <laughs> so that's well, I'm going to try not to do that. Yes. We don't want you to do that. And that was about 10 years ago. And I'm sure you're very competitive, but he said, if I can't be the fastest guy on the ice, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. I, I got that beat. I just decided I would never be the fastest guy. And that way I have no issues whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys, your paths might've crossed if you were playing like, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, cause he played for like the longest time, like 15 years. And then I got a call at like 7 AM on a Saturday morning saying, Hey, could you meet me at the hospital? I broke my Oof. leg. So, um, I hope that never happens to your wife. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope so too. Yeah. So. Um, besides playing adult hockey, um, where do you like to go out to eat? What are your one or two top favorite restaurants? Well, I love Casse D'Angelo down in Fort Lauderdale. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's one, that's one of my faves. And then um, I do live in Palm Beach County, so I also like uh, Chop's Steakhouse uh, and Royal Palm Plaza in East Boca Raton. Okay, well... I will add those to our restaurant list. I love uh, D'Angelo's too. I think he has three or four restaurants of different levels. He has a bakery, a lunch and dinner that's more chic, casual, and then um, D'Angelo's, which is super nice. Super nice. And there might be another one. So I would like to formally introduce you and share a little bit about your um your bio. So let me just pull that up here and tell people who we're going to hear from today because you have lots of great things to share. So hang on with me just one sure. moment here. And I forwarded it to myself, so I'm sure it's here. <laughs> okay. Here we go. So um Bob is with Supreme Lending as I said earlier, and he is originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, went to Mercer State University, 
and in 1991 moved to Alfreda, Georgia. And in 1977, he started in the mortgage business with Home Bank Mortgage Company. And in 1998, he relocated with that company to South Florida. In 2006, he went to work with Bank of America and was the area manager for nine years. And that must have carried a lot of responsibility for Bank of America. Yes, ma'am. So we'll, we'll talk about uh, what happened shortly thereafter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And um, then you became the regional manager for Supreme Lending in 2015. And you have um, it, over 24 years experience, essentially. And you're married. You have four kids. My goodness gracious. <laughs> you're double mine. And um you work with Habitat for Humanity. You coach hockey, which sounds super fun. <laughs> and like we talked about, you still play hockey. So that is a little bit about you. And what one of those things um, do you think you enjoy the best? Coaching hockey or? Wow, that's a great question. Because um, I, I really enjoy them all. I, I try to approach my life and the idea that everything everything's a gift and, and everything you do, um, if, if you look at it that way, that's the way you look at it. So they're all really killer. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Right. Um, I candidly, I've coached my son uh, and his young hockey friends. Um, and that's just amazing. So you probably hit it when you said that you don't, it doesn't get better than watching the youth get out there and they're just great kids. Uh, and the they idea that are. you can contribute, right? And that is just grow, I think, right? Yeah, I've I got to see them over the last four or five years sprout up, and some are now taller than me, some not. But it's uh, <laughs> it's it's amazing, and it gives me it gives me great confidence uh, of what what's available for South Florida because there's a lot of really good young gentlemen uh, that I, I have the privilege to coach. They're going to be really, really, really good. And I think that's key. And, and doing a team sport creates um, that teamwork spirit, which you're leading a team. That's very important. And it in the kids, it creates character. They have to, you know, think on their feet and think about their teammates, not just themselves. So congratulations Absolutely. for doing that. And I love Habitat for Humanity. Um, I have not worked directly with them. They wouldn't let my Girl Scout troop go in. It was, <laughs> they said they were too young, but we worked on a similar project and I certainly donate to them. But now we're ready to talk about the meat of our day here. And we want to get your inside knowledge because you're the inside guy and how in your opinion, would you describe the South Florida housing market? We're closing the second quarter of 2021 right now. And what is your viewpoint on that? Uh, it's very robust. I mean, so if, and being here for quite some time, unlike yourself in the market, I mean, we've seen uh, the ebbs and flows of a marketplace, but South Florida always ends up going where it's, it's supposed to go, which is up. And the business over the last 12 to 18 months has been incredible. I know we all go back to the, to the COVID piece of it and that brief interruption, but really since June of last year, uh, 2020, the market here has been just on fire. And so it's, yeah. been, it's, it's been tough to keep up at times. 
And that's a challenge because when you're, when you have a drive to serve cons- consumers, because that's where everything starts and stops with me is we want to serve the consumer. Um, it's been challenging at times to keep up with all the different parts of a transaction as it relates to home financing, but it's, it's very rewarding. And the market in Florida, um, I think people always knew what a great market it was down here, but it's funny. Um, I think international would be a word I would use to describe South Florida. You know, whether yeah, we have people coming in, in from Canada Correct. or down from South America or just migration from the United States, it's been incredible. And the market continues to be incredible. Yes, I would say we haven't enjoyed as many of our Canadian friends during this season of COVID. But like I like to say, South Florida is a destination area. So Absolutely. we have the uh, South America um, and Latin countries. We have the Caribbean. And um, of course, usually our top international buyer is Canada, but it has not been that way the last 12 to 15 months. And I know I pulled some stats for a mini little report I did. um, And we went from the first quarter in 2020, a 32 month supply of um, homes in the 3 million up range waterfront in a very particular MLS code down to just under six months. So that can kind of give you the breadth in 12 months of what we've done, which obviously impacts what you're doing, um, which would go to tell us about the jumbo lending market and how does Supreme really serve their clients and, and approach them in this market. We pretty much approach most all clients the same, but then we, there's also what I would call nuance uh, to each individual consumer. Um, and so when it comes to the jumbo market, I think you're hitting on something there. It's for the first time in my career in South Florida, you know, you're accustomed to the non-jumbo properties or let's call it the average price point down in South Florida of 330000 You're used right. to that property moving at a velocity and, and how quickly those properties turn over and the supply as you referred to. This is the first time I remember the jumbo market, right? The upper end market moving at a pace that's very similar to the to the average market, right? So it's I've seemed- never seen anything like it, Bob. Never once. And I worked with an investor for 20 years that was in this market, that range. And we had eight homes that were oceanfront. So I've never seen the market move so quickly or inventory be so low. Yeah, and, and we both know what that means, right, Debbie? We know that inventory being low uh, means it's, it's more of a seller's market out there uh, from a standpoint of when you have your buyers out there re- ready to buy. And that just means they need to be prepared. And so what I would say to those, those affluent buyers is more than ever, based upon what their profile is and what they're looking to accomplish, we want to have quality conversations with them about being prepared. It's not as easy as it used to be in the housing market to, to be prepared, meaning when, when you want to do lending, um, you want to make sure that that pre-approval for that consumer is ready and ready to go and that it's a quality pre-approval. I would tell all consumers, uh, whether they be jumbo or otherwise, that they should really know the right questions to ask any lender who's pre-approving them and talking to them about a clear financial picture of what it looks like to close on a property today. And quickly, I would say within, because sometimes the jumbo or the more expensive homes, the higher end homes will take um, somewhere between 30 to 45 days to close, even if it's a cash purchase. Um, But when we're talking about lending that kind of money, 
generally speaking, you're going to be asking for business returns as well as personal returns, correct? Yes. And so you're going to want, you're going to want a full financial picture. And that involves both corporate returns, uh, which is the business returns and, and your personal returns. And then you're going to actually want the year-to-date profit loss to make sure the stability of the business. Uh, they, that was always required, but more so than ever, uh, there's going to be some scrutiny there because COVID taught us something, that there can be business interruption that takes place that nobody could anticipate. And so when you think about jumbo lending, um, you would think of a consumer who's well-qualified. And that's the first thing that pops to my mind, at least. It always has. Um, a lot of those jumbo buyers really have done a good job of diversifying their income and diversifying their assets. So they might have multiple channels of income coming in, Correct. multiple channels of yeah. assets. What I stress to them is, again, talk to a quality lender first up front, because think about it. If you have more channels of income and assets, and we'll go to what you said, you need business and personal returns. Well, that means I need business and personal returns on each channel that's coming in, each asset that's coming in. And so uh, it sounds cumbersome, but if you work with a professional, like if you work with a professional realtor like yourself, the process will be much smoother and much more predictable. And I think that's what consumers want. Um, I, I don't think we do anything special. Predictable experience for them. They, they want to know, but to expect when going through the entire purchase process, including the lending process. Absolutely. Um, if they're going to be taking out a loan or even they may close cash, but because of where our interest rates are, they may choose to refinance. Now, I know we have a couple areas to cover, but let's talk about why Supreme Lending is an award-winning mortgage company. What, what sets you apart from your competitors? Well, I would say um, the people. We'll start with the people. Um, I think when I turn around, it does not really matter which person I'm talking to at Supreme. I'm getting the same experience. Um, and I think that starts at the beginning, which we have a, we have a very our, our mission is to serve others before serving self, right? So putting others before ourselves. Um, right. The same thing goes that we don't put profit first. We put the consumer first. And that's, that's kind of something that flows throughout our business is serving others before self, putting buyer before self. And I think what happens is then you have very, uh, very satisfied customers and very satisfied associates. Uh, we now at this point, I think we've at this point, we won eight different awards for the best place to work both in Atlanta, Georgia, our main hub, and down here in our regional office in South Florida. And sometimes people are like, well, Bobby, what does that mean? Well, mm -hmm. I'll say it like this, Debbie. If you have happy associates, right? That means they come to work every day happy. When they pick up that phone or communicate with our consumers, which is very stressful, buying a home is very stressful, whether you're refinancing it's or purchasing. one of their most stressful experiences you can have. I think getting married, getting divorced, having a kid and buying a house. Yeah. yeah, you hit them. You hit them right on the money that they're, they're the big stresses of life. Well, it's just so much better when that communication is coming from somebody that, A, you know, cares, right? B, that, you know, is confident and C, that, you know, is happy. And I, and I think happy can come over the phone and happy does come through communication. Um, and that and that usually leads to it. That, that leads to just a great experience. And I would tell consumers as they interview a lender they should look for these particular characteristics. And there's actually certain questions they can ask to make sure that their lender is that type of lender, the lender that's really concerned for their well-being. Well, you want to make sure, I think, that as a consumer, 
the person you're dealing with, you don't feel like they're stressed out because if they're overworked and underpaid, that's going to come across like you said. So Supreme Lending, everyone that I have dealt with has always been, like you said, happy and really quite professional. And the thing I love about you guys is you always are ready to close on time or early. So that makes a realtor's life very simple. Well, you know, Debbie, that's great because we, we're we one of the few lenders. I have not heard of another one, but we track that. And it's so funny you would mention that. Our close on time percentage, we literally track it and we close over 99% of our loans on time, right? That, and that is an amazing statistic. It's really um it, it's awesome because I, I can think of only one transaction and it was one of my very first ones. It was not, um, it was not a jumbo at all. It was a very traditional home mid price point. I think it was right at the 350, 370 price point. We sold it the first day it came on the market above asking and, um, the buyer, I represented the seller, the buyer had a horrendous challenge with financing. And so, um, you know, this has been happening for as long as people have been buying and selling houses, bad lenders. And so Supreme is an awesome lender and very easy to work with. And they tell you what to, what you're going to need up front so you can gather it together and be ready when you make that offer or want to refinance, you can get all your documentation together. So you shared with me, there were a few, and just briefly mentioned it, there were a few key questions that people should ask a potential lender. Um, do you wanna share with us what some of those might be? Yeah, and so I, I think we'd probably hit the first one already, which is, um, is, is what is your close on time percentage? I won't share with you in my resume uh, which company it was, but it was, let's say it was just uh, the dark ages in my career of the mortgage lending. So people could probably guess on that. <laughs> but our close on time percentage there was like 63. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so I usually share that story because I'm like, hey, you want to, if you, you want to get some contrast, right? You have a six in 10 chance or you have a nine and a half in 10 chance, right? Of closing on time. Right. And, um, and the next, next question I would ask me is, do they survey their customers? Um, you know, it's funny, we have Horst Schulze, who's a, one of the premier service providers in the industry, uh, hospitality industry. But when it comes yeah. to customer service, he's considered the top of the top. <laughs> and he goes, it's like, if you don't survey your customers, it's like driving a car with a blindfold. You, you don't know what's going on. Um, and so we survey all of our customers. So I can say that our, our top two box satisfaction for customer service is 99%. And that's what consumers are telling us, how they feel, as you put it, through a very stressful process. And, and I think that's important. I would next ask your availability because uh, mortgage bankers comes in all sizes, shapes, and hours they work. And so availability is important because I find out that most people buying, specifically the, the upper end buyers, they have a full-time job. Our, as a mortgage banker, we're not supposed to add a part-time job. And so you need to make sure your banker's available nights, weekends. What, what is their schedule? Because when you're, you have time to address questions or concerns uh, or, or have things you need to discuss, you need to make sure your banker is available. So I'd, I'd always, always would ask about the availability. And then I would ask about their local leadership. I would say, is there local leadership uh, that you have your local in the marketplace? Uh, today, more than ever, people can be a one-person shop and set up out of their house and just work. And that's just fine. 
but you want to make sure that there's there's depth to the organization uh, and that, you know, they do have, because look, we're not perfect, but we surely know that our leadership team is engaged. And if something would just get a little off kilter, we get engaged right away. And the local leadership is going to get engaged to make sure we get back on track as fast as possible. Well, I can share with you from being on the agent leadership committee for a couple of years that we tracked how many loans out of our closings were um, went to Supreme because you are indeed our preferred lender. And the reason for that, I can say, is customer service, customer satisfaction, and the on-time close rate. Because when you can close on time, as I as, as I said, you make our life so very easy. And there's no asking for an addendum for an extension or anything like that, because the financing is not ready to go. And um, I have seen it just happen time and time again with with colleagues um, who have not chosen you. And it can be very frustrating to the whole transaction to the point of where the seller says, no, we're done. So, um, you know, you had your time or it can be very costly if the seller doesn't say we're done. So those four key questions are huge. And I'd like to like give a shout out for the leadership for being so involved in the community and in the education process to make better realtors. You. So you do a lot for both sides. Yeah. And thank you very much. And, and we truly enjoy the partnership. And I would tell you, because having a professional realtor and a professional banker is a key to success. And I'll, 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 on the mortgage side of it, I'll land with this. Every buyer, whether they're buying a $100,000 home or a $5 million home, when they write a contract, they need to perform to the contract. There's clauses and things that they need to do that performs to that contract. And that would be another question, whether financing or not. Well, uh, specific to financing, I would say to a buyer asking a lender, okay, tell me what I need to do to perform the contract and how do you help ensure that that takes place? If a banker can competently talk to you about those areas, well, then they truly don't understand. And you and I talked about the market down here and how it's a right. seller's market. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so uh, you always have earnest money up with the seller. And if right. let's just say in general, if you don't perform to the contract, the seller has rights to your earnest money. And so that's very important that you have a competent banker who understands that. So in part of the process that... Um, a person to go through in securing a loan with you, you give them a pre-qualification or pre-approval letter. Is that yes, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then um, where exactly after that process, do you give them a timeline, um, a weekly timeline or a daily timeline on what they can expect? Well, we actually do it at that point. And okay. so what we'll do is we'll do the pre-qualification and we typically collect the income and assets we need at the moment because, okay. and that's actually a great question because I would, my venture, my guess is that about half the population down here is self-employed, yes. right? Whether it's you or me, 1099 or, or a true self-employed with multiple businesses, um, there's more complexities to a self-employed buyer uh, than there is to just a straight salary buyer. But either oh, one. Definitely. Yes. We, it, it's we purchased like, a home and, and Kim said it was a, a second secondary home as an investment. And Kim said, you should. We can't do that. Um, that particular kind of investment we were doing. We were doing a vacation purchase. Um, and she said, that's not our specialty. So 
we were referred somewhere else. But you're very upfront and tell the consumer, hey, this is up our alley or it's not up our alley, right? Yes. And we, so and that's what we want to do. We want to review the income, review the assets, review what you're purchasing, what all the details of the transaction are. And then when we finish that pre-approval, it's just not a letter because candidly, any lender can pull your credit, not look at your income and assets and give you a letter and say, have a good time, go out and make an offer, right? That's not what's best for the consumer. Uh, kind of to what you're alluding to, there's different types of occupancy, whether it's my primary home, my second home, my investor property, whether I'm looking at a condo or a single family home. And all these items change financing dr- dramatically. And so a banker really should spend a good quality time up front getting all the documentation, doing that pre-approval letter, and then setting the expectation to hand them back off to the agent who can then confidently take them out looking at homes to buy it, make an offer, to win an offer on a property. Just imagine this. I think time will be the one thing that nobody has has enough of and you never can get back, right? Right. right. So why would I put somebody, why would I tell a consumer, I know you're busy with your family, but go ahead and drive around when I'm kind of sure you're going to qualify, <laughs> right? I'm kind of sure. So let me waste everybody's time. Doesn't, doesn't cut it for anyone. No. Now, I think one of the very unique things that sets you apart is you are primarily a mortgage banker for purchases. You're not, um, the majority of your business doesn't come from refinancing. And um, so share a little bit about that, what that means in the appraisal process. Yeah, that's a great question. So we are, as far as we know, we're the number one lender. You can do two things as a mortgage lender, a residential mortgage lender. You can do purchase or refinance and I'll do both. Mm -hmm. But we, by a long shot, have more purchase business uh, than most of our competitors. So we specialize. We will do refinances, please don't misunderstand. But we focus on the purchase side of the business and we prioritize them because they're the ones who have a closing date and need to perform to the contract. The refinances, we still do pretty quickly, quicker than most. Um, But we really focus on the purchase side of it. And it's different because when it gets down to the purchase transaction, you obviously have a buyer and you have a seller and they come to an agreement on a price for a property. So behind the scenes as the banker, you do that pre-approval. Once that contract is signed, then the loan is submitted and we automatically order the appraisal. We don't even collect the, well, I shouldn't say that, but I'll say it. We don't even collect the appraisal fee. We don't wait. We order the appraisal right away uh, because Florida is such a fast moving marketplace right now. It is Um, indeed, yeah. And then we had, based upon government rules, there's a third party firm that goes through a rotation of appraisers and they, and they offer out the appraiser to get, to get done. So we don't control the appraiser. However, the appraisers on the list are our approved appraisers. And so we make sure we vetted those appraisers to make sure that the highest quality appraisers in the marketplace. And then we have the firm who manages those appraisals. We set expectations with them of our turn time. So they know if, for example, and this is going to sound a little crazy, we can close a loan in little as eight days. So, and that's usually what happens is maybe the transaction was somewhere else and it wasn't closing. And now we can close it, and but we have to meet the contract date. And so we're like, okay, let's try to close this in eight to 10 days. We make sure that our appraisers understand that we might have to do something like that. So, so whereas we don't, we don't set the value, but we're very, we have our, one of our top leaders, uh, his name is Jimmy, one of our top leaders manages the process internally. And we make sure that we get an accurate reflection of what the property's worth. And we have SLA service level agreements that they understand meets the consumer needs. 
when, when it comes in. So if I hear you correctly, that's based on relationships, right? So you have great relationships and you have, like you mentioned, your pre-approved appraisers. So we, you have appraisers that are accurately appraising the property, not giving it an inflated value, but giving yes, it a true value. So no one um, gets caught holding the bag like we did so many years ago. Yeah. And, and, and so I say this, uh, our owner, right, Patrick Flood, he just did yesterday a podcast uh, or on, well, actually on a Facebook live. Uh, he did it with D.S. Murphy, who runs the largest appraisal firm in the Southeast. And based upon how quickly values are, are moving up today, he took the time of 45 minutes and sh- shared that with the audience uh, on Facebook to say, hey, here's the dynamics of the appraisal market today. A, to educate our appraisal. Uh, our agents, and then B, for the consumers out there on Facebook to educate them also. Um, because once we have the buyer, we represent that buyer. Our job is to make sure that they get an accurate appraisal and that we represent right. their interest as it relates to closing that transaction. So yes, we have a very strong relationship with DS Murphy that manages the process with the appraisers who have been pre-vetted to make sure that they're high quality appraisers. And they're vetted for the cities in which they're appraising, I assume. Correct. That's a great question. Like we don't want them anywhere between, you know, 10, 15 miles from where they, where they live is where they should appraise. Right. And I think that's very critical because if you have an appraiser driving down from Palm beach County or West Palm beach, and they're trying to appraise East Fort Lauderdale, we're going to have a little problem with how those values turn out. Absolutely. And they, and they'll listen by the way. And part of the program yesterday, he said, Hey, look, if you have he gave you tricks and tips to make sure, hey, there could be a comp that's closing in one day. Let us know that, right? Because you, can, you can't use that comp until it closes, but it, it, is, it, sets the, it sets the new market. And so there's little tricks and tips to make sure that the consumer is getting the best of the benefits from a standpoint of, of getting the accurate value on that home. Absolutely. And so that's, and I think that all falls under that relationship umbrella and that your appraisers also have great relationships with the people they need to check with for their comps, Absolutely, um, which benefits everybody. So um, the last couple things I wanted to ask you um, were about, first, we're going to finalize maybe um, why you think um, a consumer would want to choose Supreme Lending over a competitor. And then I have a couple uh, crystal ball questions maybe, and we'll wrap up with a couple personal things. So why would a consumer choose Supreme, um, which I've had nothing but great experiences with um, over a competitor? Thank you. And so I think it's a lot of what we discussed. First and foremost, as as you said, we we focus on purchase transactions, right? Um, And so we make sure we're there to serve the consumer from beginning to end. And we, our mission is, is probably first and foremost is to serve others before self. So you know that you're getting involved with a company that has a great mission, right? Backed up by the idea we won the best place to work, right? That doesn't happen unless, because you know, that's, that's the voice of the associate that ranks us against the other companies, the other 300 companies. And so to be number one, you know you're walking into an organization that's going to caretake for you and your family. And I think that's first and foremost. Then you can add in the idea that we close on time 99% of the time. Our customer satisfaction is, is over 90, 99%. And that we have the highest quality loan officers out in the field that have the knowledge to deal with the complexities of the South Florida marketplace. I love complexities. 
I yeah. do love complexities and South Florida offers all those complexities. Yes, you just need a, prof- you need a professional a to help you along the way with that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and you know, you sometimes as realtors, we don't know the ins and outs. I, I very, very rarely do a condo, but um, you guys have a, a specialty in that. So you can tell us which ones are, are going to qualify for what kind of lending. And um, it, it has been very helpful and very educational that you choose to educate us as, as agents. So um, Bob, to, to wrap up, what would I, what I'd like to know is what do you like most about being a regional manager at Supreme? <laughs> uh, the people. I mean, I'm, I'm sure this is no shock right now. If, if, if you're watching this and it's the end, uh, I, I love the people. I love the exchange. Um, I grew up in a very large family. Um, so I was one of eight kids. My, my, my mom was one kids, of Pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Well, that's not even the best part. My mom was one of 21. Um, oh and on my grandma's side, on my mom's side, I was like one of 83 grandkids. And this was back. There could have been more. We don't know. But I just love family. And so I love the idea that I work at a place like Supreme Lending and it just feels like family to me. And by extension, the folks I work with in the marketplace that aren't part of Supreme, whether it be the consumers, buyers and or agents, they're just part of that family. Uh, I went through a lot of leadership coaching and the leadership coaches all came up the same thing. They're like, look, you're just trying to build a big family. I'm like, yeah, I mean, life's life's better that way. And yes. I like anybody in my family. I think diversity is awesome. And I think everybody's just a little bit unique. And so when you add one more, it's just one more great experience. And so it's the great experience that Supreme's given me that really, really makes me love being there. And tell us how long again you've been with Supreme. I've been with Supreme just over six years now. Okay. But so so a prior uh, home bank. So that's there are prior home bank folks there, which I was at for 11 years. So it's really been a 17 year connection. Wow. That is yeah. a great connection. And then yeah. you've had a Bank of America stint in there too. So that 24 years adds up very quickly. Yes, and, it did. Um, and I can say you're the company and the people who work for the company certainly do live its missions and value statement um, you've always been available for me and my clients or potential clients. And it's, it's been a great experience. So Thank how you. would a borrower reach out to Supreme? We will, of course, we'll have your website down below and, and a link um, to the main corporate page. But what is the best way for them to get started? One, if they're going to borrow for a purchase and two, if they're going to refinance, how would you suggest that they do each of those things? Yeah. So on the purchase side, pretty easy. I would ask the realtor to give the contact of the loan officer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't personally process the loans or or take the loan applications. Not that I can. You just keep Uh, everybody in line, right? Yeah. Well, they keep me in line. But, uh, but I mean, and I find because we serve throughout the counties down here in South Florida, it's best because an agent is in a certain area also, kind of like the appraiser a little bit. Mm-hmm. And those LOs, like Kim Pratt, who sits in your office, right? She really right. does a lot of a lot of work on the east side of town. And if there's an east side referral, it's just a great connection uh, that really adds to your expertise and then gives the customer a full experience. They can, and their best bet is to talk to any loan, any of our loan officers via cell. Now. You can put my cell phone number on the podcast and they're more okay. than welcome. To, if they just want to chat with me about the market, 
or they want, I obviously, if they have a certain personal profile they want to talk about, I'm more than happy to talk to them about that. I just like, as we know, I just like talking to people. Um, <laughs> so, so you can add my number to the, to the podcast and okay. you're welcome to call me. Okay. And then not that we have a crystal ball, but if we did have a crystal ball based on what um, the top real estate economists are sharing with us, where do we see interest rates going in the next six to 12 months, um, both for a 15-year fixed and a 30-year fixed? Yeah, I would tell you that the, the rates will probably remain pretty consistent unless we get some sort of surprise into the economy. Um, I think at this point, the Fed is, is feeling like that though there's some inflation in, out there, that it's tapered by what we went through with the pandemic. And so they're trying to hold the rates uh, pretty much where they are right now. They've been pretty consistent. So you're talking 3% money just below sub 3% money right now, which is amazing, which right. means folks on the upper end who know they can pull back historically 13% from a stock market, right? Um, of course, they're going to let their money work for them there as opposed to the cost of funds, which is 3% money. And I think most experts agree that over the next 12 months, barring surprises, that's what we're going to see is a pretty steady market in that range. Um, and I, and I, I think that's pretty consistent, right? And I think the same thing uh, for the South Florida housing market, by the way, but I, I'll wait for your next question. So I don't so jump ahead. It's not really a question. Um, our broker has us, it's one of my favorite classes, and I believe in continuing education. Um, listen to something called Keeping Current Matters. And so, mm -hmm. but what I was seeing is that, um, the conglomerate of our real estate economists expect that we would see like a half a percent um, rise to potentially three quarters of a percent rise in the next 12 months. And we know that a 1% increase in um, interest rates means a 10% decrease in purchasing power, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so did you, did I, um, I, maybe I missed the last um, Keeping Current Matters update, but I thought that was what I saw when I reviewed the charts, but I could be wrong. No, and, and again, that, that could be what you're saying. No, not everybody's going to have 100% consensus. What I would say is that what I'm seeing is most folks think it's 2022 or the last, second half of 2022 before you start to see that, right? Where the Fed starts to move. Right. And what I would tell consumers is this. Um, if you're 3% money today, if you move up a half percent, could that affect buying power? Sure, it could, right? Um, but it's still historically, it's low interest rates. So some, some people might think that, hey, the, the rate's exactly 299 today, right? right. But range cha rates change every day. Based upon economic information, they change every day. They just don't move a ton. There's the potential they could, but typically they're pretty consistent. So we had a point where we did run up to probably 3.3, and then it came back a little bit. What I think, you, what I think most economists that I'm looking at are, are really kind of saying is that you, you still have some, some uncertainty in the economy. You still have some uncertainty in the recovery. And I think you, you're probably just going to stay in this range. I do agree. If it goes up a full percent and you start tipping over four, I mean, you know, so then that, that has an interesting impact on the buyers in the marketplace perceptionally. Right. But so, I would still caution that 4% money is incredible money. Still inexpensive. <laughs> still um, inexpensive. And it all, it's all relational to the housing. And, and that might slow. Appreciation on housing is doing really, really well right now. And on the flip side, you start to see moves like that, you. you start to see slowing in, in, in appreciation. 
Right. So everything I'm seeing that's crossing my desk from economists and the crystal ball predictions are that particularly the South Florida market will continue to hold and increase in value because we are that destination city and we have that diversity, which is pulling in new business, pulling in immigrants from other countries who want um, to live in the United States. And of course, we're pulling from those high tax states because we're a zero tax state. So we've got New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Ohio, um, Michigan. Those are my uh, biggest pulls right now um, that I'm seeing come in. And that's all due to taxes or um, maybe they're getting older and they want a warmer weather in the cooler. Yeah. I would agree. If you think back to COVID, um, we had the chief economist for Fannie Mae, which if you're the chief economist for Fannie Mae, you're pretty much the chief economist in the world. Right. Um, Doug Duncan comes and does a a live cast for us once every quarter. He'll be coming down in September for a live cast. And he's been he predicted the market in in, uh, 2019 within 1% of where the final housing sales number would end. I mean, he's, he's that good. Yeah. And so I tend to listen to him a lot. And from the beginning with with COVID and as we got through COVID, he goes, the pent up demand is going to change and unleash a marketplace. And it did over the summer. Once we we got settled into a housing market, we seen the sales start to rise. And then typically in Florida, you have a a fall that slows down a little bit sales wise. But we were just gangbusters. We did not. We we did not. No rest. Right. And the pent up demand kind of flew through. I'll attach that to the idea what you, you and I just talked about what you just said. People want to be in South Florida, right? It's just a great, whether it be the sales tax, whether it be the lifestyle, um, there's still pent up demand to your favorite friends up in Canada, right? Yes, and so, sure. and there's still pent up demand below the Southern border right now, right? So that, that foreign buyer hasn't had a chance to get truly unleashed in this marketplace. And there's still some pent up demand on the non-essential workers who were made to stay home. And keep in mind what I see in the economy right now is those non-essential workers are going back to work and they have a little bit of leverage in getting and making a little bit more. Employers are, are willing to pay a little bit more to encourage people to come back to them to, to the workplace. That creates home ownership. And the basic yes, principle yes, is, is supply and demand. What makes Florida a great place, whether you're buying a five million dollar home or a hundred thousand dollar home, is it's a great place to be. And supply and demand based upon all the factors we mentioned and the idea that this is South Florida or Florida, I just see this housing market continuing to be strong, a great place to live and a great place to build wealth. And we all know land property gives you a much better chance at creating wealth for yourself. It is the number one way to grow your wealth is investing in real estate. Even if you have a great uh, portfolio, real estate investment without a doubt, um, is the fastest way. And, and I can personally attest to that because the gentleman I worked with very closely for 20 years, uh, we grew a portfolio from 13 million to well over 70 million in about um, 15 years. So it was, um, it's using other people's money essentially. And that's the benefit of Supreme. You get to use other people's money and you get to do it with happy people who serve you well. Yes. Use our money, please. Yes. Yes. We want to use your money. So do you have anything to send us off with uh, that maybe I missed in asking you? Uh, No. And and Debbie, thank you. I mean, because this has been great and really 
Um, I can feel the care and concern you have for the marketplace and the consumers in the marketplace. And, and that's what I think I'll leave everybody with, right? Life's done better when people are better. And so I think if we all just try to be our best and serve others before we serve ourselves, it's, it's going to be better. And, right. and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. If it's not right for the client, I think we have an obligation, whether we're an agent, whether we're a lender, whether we're the title company or whatever part we play with our clients, it's not right for us. So we, right. we always have to put them above everyone um, and certainly above um, our own interests. And I've always subscribed to that philosophy and um, hope that most of my colleagues do as well. But I, I have experienced it with Supreme. And thank you so You're much welcome. for sharing all of your great knowledge. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows who we've been talking with. It is Bob Wills. He's Regional Vice President for Supreme Lending, who is Keller Williams' preferred lender. And he's been a wealth of information. So thanks for joining us today, Bob. Debbie, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Okay. All right, everybody, the information will be down below this uh, podcast for you to click into so you can connect with Bob directly or one of our local lenders. Thank you so much. Have a good one, Debbie. Okay, bye, Bob. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.